Hello again and welcome to another great episode of the RCBB Fireside Chat brought to you by the Rotaract Club of Borodell Brook. And we're so excited to bring you the second episode of our podcast. So if you've listened to the pilot and you absolutely loved it, thank you so much again for coming back and listening to the second part of our podcast. And it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. We show you different things, what we are doing to help the community, also showcasing what other clubs, what other Rotaract and Rotary clubs are doing uh, to help their communities as well. Showing you fun through service. That's what we are doing right here on the RCBB Fireside Chat. So because it's a Fireside Chat, we also have great conversations around things that are happening in our midst, in our world, in our communities, just in our surroundings. And today I also have great people to share some of these conversations with as well. Okay, Uh, but before we get into a lot of things, we're going to start off by just letting you know what's been happening since the very first time we uh, launched our podcast, uh, the pilot episode. We told you a bit about what we do. We told you about uh, how we create fun through service, but this time we're actually going to be showing it to you, all right? We're going to be giving you a snippet of what we've been doing in our um, in our meetings, in our fortnight meetings. And what happens in those fortnight meetings, I'll tell you, a lot of debate was taking place. We talked about the economy, we talked about peace, we talked about, um, we did a debate on uh, just entrepreneurial skills and how important uh, being an entrepreneur is in Zimbabwe, especially in our context. So we're going to play that right now. Yo, what up? This is Munya. Uh, this is the RCBB Fireside Chat Podcast. Hope you're enjoying. Peace is a state of well-being for all, um, not just an absence of war. And according to the Oxford Dictionary, peace is the freedom from disturbance, a state of tranquility, a state where there is no war or a war has ended. We have no freedom in Zimbabwe, as you all know. People are in constant fear because of the lack of human rights and openness to express themselves. Um, they mentioned that we have no freedom, we have no basic rights. Like, that is subjective. You think you have no freedom or no basic rights. Someone else does not think that. So it's not an objective thing to say. It's based from your perspective and your opinion and cannot be used to define the whole country. So wars are not about guns. I'm sorry, unless they are being fought with swords. Wars are about guns. And we don't have, as to reiterate what my, my, what my previous speaker said, we don't have persistent acts of violence. It matters how long a period the acts of violence last. It matters how many people are killed. It matters how many people feel like their rights are being threatened or that they don't have peace in their lives. So if it's a small proportion, it can be not it cannot be used to define national identity. Because the identity of Zimbabwe, if you were to say what is Zimbabwe, it's a peaceful country. All right, and we are back. And of course, I like I said, I have very, very great people joining me on the second episode of the RCBB Fireside Chat podcast. And before we get into our conversations, I really have to introduce and say, uh, which means that, you know, we have big people in the place. And by that, I mean the president of RCBB herself. Alison, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. And we also have Rukudzo. Hi, Karen. How are you? Thank you for having me. 
And joining us as well is Alistair. What's good? What's good? <laughs> he is uh, the head of PR in the Rotaract Club of Bardell Brook as well. And uh, Rukunzo is our... Secretary. Secretary. Yes. Right, there we have it. She is our secretary as well. So we have uh, a lot of big people within the club in this episode. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. But before we get into a lot, Alison, you need to give us an update. What's been happening with RCBB? What are some of the community projects that we've had and how are they so far? Um, thank you. So I think that we've had a great last couple of months. In October, we were able to have a cancer awareness run at All Georgians and we raised $5,000. Thank you for everyone who was able to attend and for the generous sponsors who made this event possible. Um, so moving forward, our, our area of, com- of interest is Hatcliffe community. And we've had uh, projects previously with Hatcliffe Primary School 1 and with the Hatcliffe Clinic. And we'd like to expand on those projects and to work with them in a continuation for some that we already have. So the, the main project that we're working on right now to revamp the maternity ward at Hatcliffe Clinic. This means buying just a couple of things in terms of equipment to make women stay a bit more comfortable when they do give birth. And then for Hatcliffe Primary School, for the past three years, we've had a spelling bee in June and we'd like to continue that. So we have about um, four grades that we sponsor for a spelling bee and then the prizes are scholarships for students into the coming year. So um, coming into the fourth year, we'd like to, to find out ways that we could either expand on this or pursue a way to make this sustainable without the Rotaract Club involved. In addition to that, we're also going to be hosting a sports day at the school. And so while focusing on, on the spelling and literacy is very important, we also think that the interpersonal skills that children gain, as well as just the physical fitness that they have from the sports days, is a good addition to give them just that holistic learning. So that's the big thing that we're moving forward into in, in December. And, and I'd just like to say, in addition to that, just throughout the year, we have professional development opportunities and just socializing opportunities for our members. And so that's something that we're excited to have in those fortnightly meetings as well. A lot of great things happening with the Rotary Club of Baradell Brook. Now, there was talk of expansion. Let's, let's talk about the spelling bee uh, in particular, because we know when we had one this year, and I like the fact that you, when you said, you know, you're trying to also have uh, do something with the sports day as well. When we were at the spelling bee, we also had a match and you can contest that they are absolutely those children are talented yes no oh the children are talented i mean they 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 really like oh so so the the soccer match that we had was between our road tracks club members and the children at the school and they really gave us a run for our money what was the score do you remember I no think it we was lost five two like or something. We lost. <laughs> i'm, just, I'm like, so glad i wasn't there yeah. Yeah. I think it was 5-2 or something. But we also did have our own members who were showing through, showing faith. Like and you. you were one of them. I know I wasn't <laughs> you. I remember. I, I mean, I have a vivid memory of you Okay, now I take that back. Field. I wish it was so, there to see Karen play. It was amazing. It was amazing. All right, so that's the fun through service that we're always talking about. And those are some of the community projects that we have as the Rotaract Club of Borodell Brook. So if you want to be able to join, here is what you should do. Okay, so I'll start with that. I'll start with how you can join. It's not a hard process, but um, I should just point out that, you know, becoming a member of Rotaract, it's not really a set rubric of instructions that you need to follow. Like, that shouldn't be the mindset you're in. Because at the end of the day, we're a family. We're one community of people who have like, like-minded like ideas and everything. So, you know, we want to get to know you as one of our potential family members. And that's the mindset you should have when you want to join our club, getting to know us and 
and becoming one of the family. And but there still is a said rubric. Um, you should attend at least four meetings, and uh, you should attend at least one social and at least one community service project with us. And also we're implementing something called the Fireside Chat. They stole this podcast, stole our name, just saying. Um, we're, we're implementing that so that you can learn more about Rotaract and how it works. Because it's not only just RCBB, there's many clubs in Harare, there's many clubs in our district, many clubs in the world. And there's all these structures and things that you can benefit from that you'd like to learn from and we'll teach you there. So yeah, that's how you join our club. All right, uh, welcome back to the RCB podcast you just heard there what you should do if you want to be able to join our club we have fun through service all the time and Alison our president just told you about some of the community work that we are doing and there's some of the exciting things that members get up to as well it's not just debates so we're always trying to uh, you know just get to socialize get to know each other as well so there's a lot of different things that take place if you are a member you will definitely definitely not regret it so make sure you are doing what it takes what Munya told you to do when it comes to becoming a member but let's also talk about another great project that uh, as rcbb we are having and this one is called safe city safe spaces and this one we're going to be given more information by rukuzo rukuzo tell us about it okay so um thank you karen what we are trying to do with safe cities safe spaces this year is we launched a campaign for peace during the international day for peace and as RCBB, this year we tried to focus on gender-based violence as an aspect of peace that we are trying to raise awareness uh, on because we feel that most of the time when people are talking about peace, they are thinking about maybe ha- not having wars, but there are different facets to it that, and we really wanted to shed more light on this particular issue. So what we're doing is we're working with schools in interact clubs in the different schools in Arari and beyond. And we invited students to participate in a creative expression contest where they can submit whether it's an essay, a poem, an art drawing, anything that they feel would really um, shed more light on the topic. And there are prompts that they're supposed to answer answer with this. Um, They are going to be talking about um, what are the various ways in which violence against women and girls manifest in their communities and also what what can they do and what should we do collectively as a community to sort of combat this problem. So... Um, the entries are still open and the deadline will be 20 November, uh, which is also the day that we start the campaign against gender-based violence. So the 15 days of activism starts on that day. And we're going to be using um, the entries that win from this competition in our social media campaign. And this is something that we've partnered with the Rotary Club of Toronto and our international services community. So we decided on social media to campaign because we feel like right now it has a lot more impact and it transcends borders, basically. So it means that whatever we do with this um, campaign, people are able to access it from wherever they are in the world because it's not just an issue that we face in um, the Hatcliffe community where we work. It's an issue that's um, pertinent anywhere in the world. And so, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. And if you haven't been following our social media campaigns so far, they are really lit. Like, you should definitely go and check them out mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram at Borodal Brook Rotaract. 
Bartlebrook Road Direct. That's on Twitter and yeah. Instagram. So make sure you check all of those things out. All right. We've been mm. posting safe cities, safe spaces is something that is actually taking place right now. Yeah. So participate. If you're listening and you really want to be able to make a difference, this is your small way of making a difference. Participate and get the word out there. Let's speak more about peace and let's speak more about progress as well. So I'm going to bring another question to Alistair, who is the head of our PR, who also foresees all of our social media spaces as well. So, I mean, Alistair, in terms of PR, let's talk about safe spaces and safe city, safe spaces. How has the campaign been going? Well, we've been getting quite a lot of um, traction. Lots of uh, students have been sending some stuff because I'm sure you've uh, received a couple of um, uh, articles and, and stuff from um, people. It's it's going well. I, I can't say like one or two is, 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 is success. Just as long as one or two people come through with something, for us, that's the success. It's just the fact that we're getting someone to say something about it, even if it's like a, a relatively few number. Right now, it's still good though. We're getting uh, numbers by the weeks and um, it's really doing well. And by the way, it's not only Twitter and Instagram, it's Facebook too. So you um, you can look for us at Brook Rotract. So yeah, we're on all social, um, major social media platforms. So yeah, that's um, so far so good. I, 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 okay, for me personally as a creative, I find um, the, the creative art of expression um, very pertinent in this time in, 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 in life in general. Like in this, in this age in which we're in, in which people express themselves, I think art, for, uh, it, different forms of art, um, especially writing, uh, paintings, even music. Like um, somebody actually asked me once, uh, can, we, can we submit a song? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. This is, this is an art, this is a creative expression platform for you to say how you want to say. Um, it doesn't matter how you want to say it. You just have to say it. Yeah. That's true. All right. So there you have it. Safe cities, safe spaces. And this is a campaign that is uh, being taken on by the Rotary Club of Barada Brook to get people talking about, uh, you know, uh, just gender-based violence as well. Peace within homes, peace within communities as well. What can we do to make our world a better place? It all happens right here on the RCBB Fireside Chat. Stay tuned because after this, we're going to be getting into our conversation and discussion. And and then we're going to bring you uh, our feature, our club feature, where we take a look at other Rotaract and Rotary uh, clubs and what they are doing to serve their community. That people say about us and is marvelous <coughs> that we also reiterate. So I would like to just echo what my previous speakers have said. Zimbabwe is a peaceful country because our state has a monopoly on violence. And the state or period in which there is no time, there is no war or war has ended. That is our definition of peace, being that Zimbabwe currently does not have a war. We mean Zimbabwe is actually peaceful. To say that just because a, small, a, a, a relatively small proportion in a way that they see is under siege but the rest are not, it's okay, is extremely worrying. And I think if we had some kind of peace and reconciliation committee and these people when they, most of us come. So at this stage, I would just want to appeal to your humanity as human beings. 
Oh, is Zimbabwe truly peaceful? Just because people say that we are peaceful does not mean that we are peaceful. As we stand in Zimbabwe right now, I for a fact do not have water at home. That does not give me peace. There are certain people that do not have electricity. That does not give me peace. And I think it's very important for us to be able to move forward and to progress. We need to be able to see the problems for what they are and not avoid them. Welcome back and thank you so much for sticking with us right here on the RCBB Fireside Chat Podcast. And we're getting into our conversation, which is our uh, deep conversations where we talk about things that are happening in the world, what we can do, uh, you know, to to better improve our spaces and better improve our community as well. Uh, so if you just joined us, this is the perfect time for you to join us. We are actually joined. Uh, someone was actually saying, you know, um, this particular podcast is quite... It, it, it has great significance because all we have are presidents. And joining us right now is Rumbi Venge, who is also uh, the president for Rotary Club of Harare West. How are you doing, Rumbi? I'm great, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time out and joining us on our podcast. So she'll also be giving us a club feature just a little bit later, just to hear what uh, the Rotary community, uh, the Rotary Club of Harare West has been doing so far. So before we get into our conversation, maybe let's just talk about that. Tell us a bit about uh, the Rotary Club of Harare West. Well, the Rotary Club of Harare West has been around for almost, uh, what, 59 years now. So it was one of the pioneer clubs um, in Harare. And what we've been doing really is our eight areas of focus in terms of the Rotary Citation. Um, and they change, but the areas of, of, of focus, are there's eight of them. And we've been focusing mainly on the issues of water and sanitation, uh, basic education and literacy as well. So we've had a very extensive and successful book project that saw us uh, distributing books from uh, the top of Zimbabwe all the way down. We're also distributing solar lamps because we are aware of some of the struggles that uh, that face some of these communities in terms of not having any amenities, not having any electricity. But this should not stop children from uh, entering into the exciting world of reading and books. So we've done that. We've also assisted in the construction of a lot of libraries as well. We've had a wheelchair project that we were working uh, very um very closely with Dara's Jury as well as the St. John's Ambulance on that. So we also had prosthetic limbs being made, uh, being printed by 3D printers, um, also being uh, brought in by the Rotary Club. Um, we were working with Milton Ferry, who's with the Rotary Club of Leeds, and uh, we've managed to do a lot of work um, in conjunction with them. And uh, moving forward, we obviously have uh, polio initiatives that we always carry out every year. And unfortunately this year, because of cholera and the ban that was uh, passed by the Ministry of Health and Child Care, we were unable to have the fun run scheduled. But we managed to meet with uh, our early actors, our interactors, as well as the Rotaractors of Harare West. And we had a bring and share lunch, Bri, 
and we managed to raise about $2,500 and the funds are still coming in. So just in a, in brief, that's some of the work that we've been doing and we remain committed to. That's amazing. And if you're listening to this, I, then I guess you're, you're getting the gist of why we have the RCBB Fireside Chat. It's so you get inspired to do something in your community because all of this work is being done. Uh, of course, that's the work that's being done by the Rotary Club of Harare West. You've heard the work that uh, the Rotary Club of Barda Brook is doing as well. So it's a space where you uh, can just join in when it comes to serving the community. This is something that you definitely need to be a part of. And I hope you are getting inspired to do so as well. Speaking of inspirations and everything, we're getting into our conversation. And today we are talking about the International Tolerance Day that is going to be taking place on November the 16th. Now, I'll tell you a bit about it. The International Day of Tolerance speaks to promote tolerance, respect, appreciation and cooperation amongst the world's different cultures. So when we talk about tolerance, we're referring to the recognition and uh, acceptance of looks, opinions, beliefs and practice that differ from one's own. Tolerance is actually considered as the backbone of human rights and the fundamental uh, freedoms as people are naturally different. This day was designed by the UN General Assembly in 1996 and has since been celebrated on November the 16th. A very special day for Zimbabwe as well. If you recall, November the 16th last year was quite significant. Does anyone remember that? Freedom Day. Freedom Day is what everyone else is calling it. That's the day every single, uh, you know, uh, this happened in Harare and I'm pretty sure it happened in Blawayo as well. This is when people took to the streets and uh, Zimbabweans got together and protested against, uh, you know, against our former president, right, who had been ruling us for about 37 years, if I'm correct. So um, it was uh, taken up everywhere uh, on all news platforms. Everyone was talking about it. But for us as Zimbabweans, it was just a significant day where we stood together and it's something that we will forever cherish. So November the 16th is not just a day of tolerance. It's also a very special day for for Zimbabwe as well. I just thought I should throw that in there. But as Zimbabwe, we still have a long way to go when it comes to tolerance, right? There's so many different topics that uh, we can talk about, but uh, another interesting aspect that was uh, put out was uh, in religion. You know, we have different religions and we know about 86% of Zimbabweans are Christians but there is so much divide within the Christian community as well. It's about which prophet you're listening to. It's about which pastor you're listening to. It's about which... And should that be the case? Rumbi, please give us your opinion on that. Um, I mean, well, obviously, just, just to start, I would be remiss not to acknowledge the great work that's being done by the Rotary Club of Bartle Brook. Well done. And President Allison, you are doing so much work. And inspiration really is the theme also for, for this year. And we are inspiring in that regard. Coming to tolerance. Um, you're right. Tolerance is, is so much more than indifference. Tolerance is so much more than uh, condescension. It's so much more than concession. It's actually realizing that every person is diverse and that's where peace stems from. And in that regard, looking at the Zimbabwean context, and I was actually going through the UN Charter in itself, there are certain levels that will see tolerance actually being experienced by the entire nation. So there's a state level. And this is more your legislation. What sort of laws are in place? Are these laws conducive or are they supporting tolerance? Or are they actually polarizing people and making the situation worse? Our constitution has made huge efforts and strides in trying to strike this balance. If you look at section three of the constitution, it talks about how Zimbabwe is a diverse nation, how we are multicultural, how we have pluralism happening and how we should uphold that and respect that. 
But however, in practice, I think there are certain things that still need to be aligned with the constitution. Um, you talked about the religious biases. First, it starts off with, are you are you Catholic or not? <laughs> even, even, even before we get to, <laughs> to which prophet are you listening to? Then we have the Protestants and there's so much division in there as well. But it's a constant struggle really um, where we have one person who deems themselves to be the authority over another and suddenly they're better than someone else or then they're so intolerant of somebody else's views. We have issues of sexuality as well. We have issues of um, uh, language even. Um, there are some people who still refuse to address certain people in, in their language of choice simply because they're intolerant. We have issues of gender intolerance as well. And uh, I think we are working towards trying to iron them out but it's going to take a lot to do. The UN has also advised that, so we talked about the state level, isn't it? There's also the family level because at family level a lot of things are imparted to children. That's where you shape your beliefs. That's where you shape your opinions and the way that you dissect things and you process information. So it's really crucial that we get members of the family and communities involved in this and ensuring that we know what is intolerance and we know what tolerance is. That's a big one. We have to know what is intolerance and what tolerance is. And I like that you touched on a lot of different uh, levels of intolerance that take place and the levels uh, as well. Uh, to say, uh, you know, a gender, uh, gender intolerance is there. You know, to think that, uh, especially in a patriarchal society that we live in, women are sometimes uh, not really taken so seriously, which is something that we're always fighting for. And uh, speaking towards our safe city, safe spaces, a, a campaign that we're doing as well, that is something that we're supposed to uh, that, that is supposed to open people's eyes to um, the realities that are in their communities and what we can do to change that. And then w- when you spoke about uh, intolerance uh, to sexuality, this is something that is absolutely big in Zimbabwe. And I'll refer to a situation that took place when a teacher from uh, St. John's, uh, uh, is it St. John's, right? St. John's College, yes. A teacher from St. John's College came out about their sexuality. And people were questioning, okay, first of all, why are you coming out to uh, students in the first place? But that's a conversation for a whole nother day. What was the topic of conversation is the issue around sexuality. If we look at, there's one very popular transgender that was in Zimbabwe as well. His name was, uh, Rukudzo knows the name. So it's Tatelicious. Tatelicious, yeah, exactly. And he was Amsterdam now. He's in Amsterdam. somewhere in the Netherlands. Mm. Yeah. And he was big yeah, on social media. I remember also seeing, uh, you know, some things about him as well. So there's Come, issues. Isn't it her now? Oh, it's a her. <laughs> yeah. That's where the confusion comes. But it's okay. To each his own, you know. Tolerance is about acceptance and accepting people in in, the, in their different states. So I, I think the bigger question, I'm going to bring this one to Alison as well. Um, do you think we can actually achieve tolerance? And how far is Zimbabwe in this case, in your opinion? Um, I think that the, the question of how far Zimbabwe is, is pretty interesting because it's kind of putting us on this map of other countries who we think are very tolerant around these issues. But even when you look at those, I mean, I'll give the example of like the United States where they have a lot of legislation that is protecting sexual minorities, but then that hasn't always been the case. I think that they have had um, situations where they were in a similar position to where we are as, as Zimbabweans and things happened within their society. There were shifts that happened within their society. And I think also exposure because tolerance, you really can't have tolerance for people who are different from yourself if you don't get to know somebody like on a human level and begin to realize that the differences I think we have are actually something that make this a more colorful person. They make somebody more interesting to be in my life. And they're not, 
you know, you, you no longer stigmatize people once you get to know them. So I think that we, as a, as a society, we are already evolving. We have been evolving. We're not quite where we need to be yet. But I, I'm, I'm very confident that we can go in that um, good direction. I think in, in the work that I do in public health, um, I do get to see a lot more as is happening around um, key populations, which would be defined as um, sexual minorities as well as like gender minorities and so people who identify as transgender. And so to see that shift even within the Ministry of Health, to see it within the research that we do in Zimbabwe, where we are becoming more accepting, we are bringing these issues to the forefront, we're going in the right direction. And so I'm, 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 I'm mostly... Um, I'm mostly positive about um, the, the direction that we're going in. Hey, and uh, when it comes to um, issues of, uh, of intolerance uh, in uh, sexuality, I mean, that's a big one. Rukudo, you knew the stories that were taking place. What was your opinion on that? So I think um, what Alison was saying about maybe the research that's being done in Zimbabwe right now in the public health space just brought something to my mind, which is that sometimes it requires the power structures and who has the power can determine what we are against and what we are for, right? Because I think, yes, as an, as, at an individual level, you can be against something. But if the law does not allow you to do anything to that person, then that person is protected. And that's something that we really have to consider when we're saying um, Zimbabwe is a Christian country, therefore we shouldn't allow this. But what should the law say? Speaking to Rumbi's point, the constitution says we are secular. We believe in multiple beliefs. We think people should have a freedom of picking out what they want to do and we should all be tolerant towards that. So I feel like the law should come out more in, in protecting people and even the power structures that we have, whether it's where are we putting funding for research, if we are going to recognize that there are LBGT um, LGBT communities in Zimbabwe then that's going a long way, just simply putting that in a document and putting it out there that this is something that we recognize in Zimbabwe. And so the power structure being for that uh, it, it takes away the power of a person who's prejudiced to do anything towards say a gay person and I think that's something that we really have to consider with the St. John's issue I felt like um, maybe the powers that be did not come out to really say what the national stance is but I'm really glad that we're starting to have the conversation. Yeah, it definitely did bring a lot of things into light and the conversation was, uh, you know, was had during that time. But there's a lot of other conversations that we need to get to. It's not just intolerance on sexuality. There's gender intolerance as well. And speaking uh, towards uh, gender-based violence, we're going to be having 16 days of activism that we're going to be celebrating very soon. And the conversation around that is always, oh no, um, you know, uh, what are women? What can we do to protect the women? What can we do to protect the women but there was a very interesting uh you know uh st statistics that 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 came about of about men that are also you know being uh part of this abuse that we're seeing it's not just women that are the victims. Men can also be the victims. And I remember someone actually, uh, I had an interview on Capital FM where a lady spoke to, uh, spoke about um, a story that she heard. Not that she heard, that she actually witnessed. As in a man was being beaten up by his wife. And he couldn't say anything about it. He couldn't tell anyone about it. But there was actually to an extent where this woman actually uh, poured uh, uh, gas in the house and was like, you know, to, I'm going to burn you in it because 
I don't know what was happening in their relationship, but these are things that people talk about. People, what people don't really talk about is that men are also victims. Do you agree with that, Rumi? Um, absolutely, I do. I think what it is, it comes back to that issue of the patriarchal society that we exist in, the issue of um, perhaps a sensitization and maybe even a desensitization as well because our authorities should understand that there is no face to violence. Anyone and everyone who is a victim should be protected. I've also come across cases where somebody goes to the police station and the police will laugh and say, oh, you're, but you're a man. How can you how can you be beaten up by your wife or by a woman? Which is very sad. So I think we need to have particularly these people who are in positions of protecting and enforcing the law to be sensitized. You cannot make jokes about things like that. Gender-based violence is real and it, it affects anyone and everyone. Violence in itself is never any way of solving any problems. And so I think if we continue to just inculcate in these authorities and even at... I'd like to go back to, to what I was saying about the children, the family structure. Why do we say to boys, oh, you can't cry? Or you shouldn't be crying because, you know, emotion is, is, is not associated with being a man or with being manly. Instead, anger is what personifies what a man is. So I think it goes back to that. People are people first. And thereafter, everyone has emotions. Let's just live in, in harmony and make sure that you're not disturbing or encroaching on anyone else's person. Don't beat anyone up. If you get angry, resolve your issues in a different manner. And if we continue to just keep talking the talk, um, I always make an example of the, the goiters. When was the last time you saw somebody with a goiter in Zimbabwe? Very long time ago. Wow. Exactly. And the reason is everyone came to the table and said, this is a problem, let's solve it. And it became a national standard that all assault should be iodized. And, and I think this is the same way that we should deal with this issue as well. And when we're dealing with issues of, uh, you know, the things like this and tolerance, as we were talking about earlier, it's not simple because we're looking at people's states of mind. You have the right to express yourself and you build a prejudice based on your background and cultural values. So it's really important that we also don't take that away and ensure that the value system is what's used to buttress how people act. That is very true. And uh, that is pertaining to uh, intolerance when it comes to uh, gender, gender intolerance. But now let's take a look at something that a lot of people don't really talk about. Let's talk about race intolerance in Zimbabwe. Do you think that we are that you know we're at a level where um, race is no longer an issue in Zimbabwe um, well just to come in quickly and I think because it has something to say on that mm-hmm. um, I think in terms of acts of racism it, it's not manifesting itself in a physical sense it is however still very psychological it is it's and we, we're suffering from what others like to call a colonial hangover where in practice we really don't have that demarcation of somebody saying oh I was uh, somebody failed to serve me or they they treated me differently because of my race but I think we're doing it to ourselves we treat people of different races differently because it's something psychological but it it doesn't manifest itself in any way um, I think so I think in terms of our legislation it is very clear I don't see any racial discrimination happening physically Mm -hmm. I just feel that it's something that's still in our minds as a people and I don't know why or when uh, that, that will that will fall away. Bob Marley said emancipate yourself from mental slavery and I think mm-hmm. that's what we're still suffering from. Exactly. It's in our minds and 
just to contrast and juxtapose our situation with South Africa, I don't think we ever got to to, to, to experience apartheid in, in, in that sense or to experience racial discrimination um, in, in, that manifested itself so physically as, as we saw or as we sometimes hear that people have been attacked. We're generally a peaceful nation, but I think the mental aspects are, are what still plagues us and what has us captured. Definitely, it is the mental state. I mean, you still see groups. I remember, you know, there's always a, a, a big comment that comes from people. Oh, you start seeing that there's white people in Zimbabwe when there's Haifa. Or you start seeing that there's white people in Zimbabwe during the march. Let's talk about the march. Everyone, I remember someone actually saying, I have not seen white people in Zimbabwe, much like I saw them during the march. And they came out, all of them. And um, it's it's there's still that segmented group thing. Like, you know, there's a, there's a specific place that white people hang out or there's a specific place that black people hang out. But you're right. It is starting with the mind. You have to emancipate your mind as well. So, Rukuza, you had something else to add there. Okay, so um, I think the race issue is getting more complicated in Zimbabwe um, because it's no longer just black versus white anymore. We now have like Chinese people uh, who are not a race, like Asians, yeah. right? Um, and that's a whole group of people that people are being becoming prejudiced against, in my opinion, based on f- of like rumors and things that we see on social media uh, without even having personal interactions. And I think this is the danger of how we form national opinions as a people, right? We see one thing on social media and we're like, oh, the Chinese people are bad. They are doing this, this and that. And then now we spread those as rumors. We all know the rumors about Indians or maybe how they treat workers in their shops. We all know the rumors about Chinese people and maybe how they might be siphoning the resources from our country. And then with as someone who's never had a personal interaction or seen that firsthand, you start to form an opinion and you become prejudiced against those people. So now when you're in a position, let's say you're a police officer and you have to deal with this other race like how are you going to deal with them and how are you forming your prejudice so i think we are very quick to spread rumors and believe everything that we hear about people i think we should give people more of a benefit of a doubt especially if they are foreigners who are coming to our country because it's a courtesy that we would like extended to us when we go to other countries as well exactly so basically in summary zero tolerance to stereotyping stop the stereotyping and then tolerance will uh, probably you'll start seeing a difference in a way but that's the conversation that we were having on a tolerance to celebrate the international tolerance a day something that is not quite talked about but is very important especially within our country within our spaces and within our communities and and as Ruby as, as Rumbi was uh, highlighting it starts in the home it starts within our families what are you doing to to make sure that you are educating your children, to make sure that you're educating even my like, well, you know, your mother, your father. Um, what are you doing to make sure that you are educating them? And in Zimbabwe as well, when it comes to tolerance, make sure that you are um, just just open and accepting people's different looks, people's different opinions, people's beliefs. That's where peace starts, especially when we're talking about peace. It's about accepting other people for who they are, loving them just as they are, and uh, peace will prevail. Does anyone watch Grace Anatomy? Uh, 
I don't you do? anymore. Um, so there's like a powerful quote that Catherine said, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, how do we make the world better? And she said, it's just good people teaching their kids and raising their kids right. Mm. That's how the world becomes better. And I think that really is a powerful thing that resonates with this topic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, teach your kids. Yeah, I think that that's interesting. So I I really enjoy reading random psychology research. It's just something I enjoy doing. Um, so one Nerds. thing that I've come across before, t- totally one hundred percent, I will not deny that. But um, I found this very interesting study where they were looking at um just nursery school rhymes and nursery school just cartoons that they have. And you know the way that sometimes they actually have um instead of humans, they'll have different animals. And they actually start stereotyping at that age in the cartoons that they're showing kids because they'll be like, well, this is the pig and they're lazy. And so now you're building this association to the child that there's certain types of people, certain types of, you know, they're big, they're fat, they're slow. they're And then so you start to learn how to like categorize people from a very young age, even in the cartoons that you're watching. And so I think it's so important, one, for, for, for parents to just be um, media literate so that the, the, the images that you're feeding to your children, how is this actually shaping them from a very young age? Because it, it can have repercussions moving forward. Hey, and we can just skip the fact that Alison reads psychology <laughs> for fun. I you, mean, you know, okay. That's actually something I just came back to say, whoa, girl. She probably reads it from like an actual journal. Like, from an actual journal. So you yeah. read these studies for fun. Yes, primary source, the journal, exactly. Don't just read the magazine article. Go to the primary source. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. <laughs> and um, just to add, uh-huh. if it's okay. Um, like, uh, I, I was watching this one episode. I'm not sure if you guys know this this show called Blackish. Well, it, yes. well, I was watching one really old episode and I was talking about this media thing. Like, you know how, especially these days, the internet is really, really accessible. Like, so accessible. I know of kids, like... Um, six-year-olds, four-year-olds with iPads. Like, I've seen them and I'm just thinking, whoa, like, this kid is literally at the Are you saying kids should not have iPads? No, no, no. That It's 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 expressing um, the, the, the media literacy that, that Alison was talking about. You know, that thing where you have to make sure that you're, you know what your, your children or your siblings or whatever is looking at. Because the way the internet is so easily accessible these days, they can find anything. And those can like not only they, they, they do enforce certain stereotypes, but at the same time they might actually like open up them to another world that you probably don't want them knowing. You know what I mean? Very big, very big point there. But that's it, and we're wrapping up for our second episode. Thank you so much to our guests, Rumbi Zaivenge, the president of Rotary Club of Harare West. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. What an interesting conversation, riveting stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Rukudzo, our secretary from RCBB. Thank you, Karen, for having us and for the interesting topic. I discovered things about Alison. That you didn't know. <laughs> I, didn't I also know. discovered things that about you. I also discovered things about you, Rukuzo. You like you like uh, Grey's Anatomy. You still like Grey's Anatomy. Yes, I do. Yeah, I'm so hooked. Okay, so like personally, that's just way too long a a series for me to start. How many seasons is it now? I think it's it's going to have twenty in in the end. Okay, no. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah, better talk about, you know, uh, stuff like Vampire Diaries. That's more linked to some of us. But anyway, Alison, president of Rotary Club of Bartlebrook, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was really great. 
And of course, Alistair, who is the head of PR at RCPB Club. Yeah, I was just coming in to, you know, just like give a male voice to this podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> male voice to this podcast. We actually have other males behind the scenes. There's me the as scene. well as Darren, who is uh, the pres- the who is the the head for international services in RCBB. And Dumi is here representing, chilling on a couch, not even knowing what the, what's happening. He was sleeping, but that's a good thing, right? Maybe you guys can come and say a few things. Come guys, come on. Okay, they, okay, I'll say I'll say on his behalf. He's had a really rough weekend. He really needed to relax. Okay. That chair. Wow, he that really says did. a lot. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us right here on the RCBB Fireside Chat, the second installment of it. Keep it locked. We have more episodes and more things to be telling you about. So don't go anywhere. We will be releasing another podcast very, very soon. And we'll keep you updated. Make sure you're following us on all our social media uh, platforms. That's at Brook Rotaract. Look for us. Find us. Keep in touch. Thank you again. And now. Capital 263.